Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this next podcast episode and I want to introduce you to an amazing human being. This is Rin and I've only recently come across her but I'm blown away. Um, Rin is an artist and an illustrator who's passionate about teaching women how to draw in a fun down-to-earth way so that they can find their confidence to express themselves. Um, she's now on a mission to help women discover their inner warrior and heal their traumas so that they are empowered to live life on their best terms. Um, we're going to talk a lot about it, but she's got um, a fantastic workshop that launches on the 7th of June called Celebrate Your Story Workshop. And I stumbled across you by accident, and I am so pleased that I did. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Rin. Thank you so much. That was an amazing intro. Well, I, I've, I've been, I was lurking. I've got little bits <laughs> off, off your website and your Facebook page and everything. But the more I read, the more I just want to know your story. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, well, I've been doing these art journals. I call them illustrated journals just because I draw and I write at the same time. I, I kind of pair those together. Um, but people understand the word art journal better. And it's, it is an art journal. It, it really whatever you want to call it. But um, I've been doing it for over a decade. Wow. And it's really been life changing for me. Um, I've been through a lot of stuff <laughs> in that short amount of time, actually in less than 10 years. Um, I had a really, really awful pregnancy. I weighed less pregnant than I did before I was pregnant. Wow. Um, yeah, or had an early labor that had to, we were able to stop really strict bed rest. And I barely made it to 37 weeks. And then my son was actually compromised. Um, so I was having an emergency C-section to save him. And that was probably the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. Um, so thankfully they saved him, but I was on the table for quite some time, I was told. Um, but I, I was all right. And I had many surgeries that followed that because it messed my body up. And then I discovered I had endometriosis, oh, wow. which explained a lot of things <laughs> prior yeah. that had you know, um, and then uh, life was getting better. Uh, and then 2018, my entire world got thrown upside down and I was 38 years old being uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. So it was shocking. I was a really healthy woman. I worked out, I ate well, I, you know, did the things you're supposed to do. And 38 years old, you're not supposed to be getting breast cancer, but I'm trying to blow that misconception off because you go to clinics and it's always much older women and that's not the reality. It's just yeah. not. So that's part of my mission. Um, anyways, it was a whirlwind that I went through. Uh, it, I, I found a lump in September. Please 
check yourself check, every yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> I saved my life by doing that. Yeah. Um, in, and I was actually on a vacation. <laughs> I was away visiting family and I found it. So my vacation was no longer a vacation. Um, but as soon as I came back home, I, I got a doctor's appointment. And before I knew it, I was having all these different biopsies and phone calls and meetings. And it was confirmed cancer. Then they found a second tumor. Then um, by November, I had a double mastectomy. It was really fast and really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy. Um, and was he a young child as well, I would imagine? He was, how old was he? He was 2018, he was five. Wow. He was five years old. Yeah. And, and it's just us. We, so it's me and my husband. We had yeah. two dogs and, and my five-year-old at the time. And everything was on my husband. We have no family here. So it, it was hell. Yeah. Literally. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine me. Really. I can't imagine what you were going through. Yeah. Um, just everything. Just, yeah. I, the best way I can explain it is all of a sudden you're inside of this tornado and everything spins so fast. You don't even know what the hell is happening. Yeah. Um, so I had the double mastectomy. Uh I was having like months on end recovery. I, I remember waking up in the hospital. I had to stay there for a couple nights. And before they could discharge me, I had to be able to walk down the hallway. Yeah. And a nurse came in with a walker, like you see with, you know, elderly people. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at her and I go, what is that? And she goes, it's for you. you you've got to walk down the hallway. I said, well, I don't need a walker. Like, what are you talking about? Like, let's go. Right. And then I realized I couldn't get up. She had to get me out of the bed. I couldn't stand. I couldn't hold myself up. I needed the walker. Yeah. And that was devastating because I'm very strong willed. And all of a sudden, -willed. yeah, <laughs> you must need <laughs> to be where you are today. Thank you. Yeah. All of a sudden reality hit. Yeah. That I, I couldn't hold myself up. And my husband said it took me somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes to walk down a stretch of hallway that would take any person a minute, two minutes maybe. Yeah, that was pretty defeating. Um, but when I'm put in a situation like that, my horns come out and I'm just gonna get through that one way or another. I don't, I'm not backing down. So thank God. Relative to, to time, you know, we're only in 2021 now. This was not a long time ago. This is relatively recent that you went through all yes. of this. I just, in so I had two surgeries because the original plan um, was to have the double mastectomy. And at the exact same time, my reconstructive surgery was going to go in and do the implants yeah. and I'd be done. Yeah. But it didn't go to plan. My body was not on, on board with that. So instead, they had to put in what's called expanders. Um, and what those are, the best way I can describe it is it's a hard plastic that you will eventually, over time, very slowly expand these so that your skin and your chest wall can come back out. Yeah. And it takes time and it's very painful. Um but it's necessary in order to get those implants and you have to have the space. Yeah. 
and my body was too tight, it wouldn't, it wouldn't accept it. So that was plan B. Um, so that was another surgery after that. Um, yeah, so for a long time, I, I lived on my couch. <laughs> and I literally, my orders from my doctors were you to do nothing but rest. And I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I'm up at five and I go all day long until the evening. And once I slow down, then I'm done. But I can't sit and do nothing. It just, it's not in me. So I didn't really know what to do with that. And that's kind of where these, these books come into play um, because I couldn't stand watching hours on end of TV. So I started no, researching. so long, can't you, before it's... Right, it's, yeah. and then you've watched everything that's of interest yeah. and you still have time <laughs> yeah. to kill, you know? So um, I, I had enough strength at eventually where I was able to use a TV tray that was over me so I could put my arms down on it because I actually couldn't hold my own arms up. And... Um, however much time I could do oh wow I'm okay. sorry don't worry I don't even know how to hold on hold on is it coming through your computer it does that with yeah that? <laughs> okay where are we yeah I'm so sorry uh, I'll back to you there you are sorry um yeah so I was able to use the tv tray to support my arms and little bits at a time I would draw and write and you know sometimes I could only do it for five minutes ten minutes and I'd be exhausted yeah. but I could do it and being a person especially a creative person an artist I needed that yeah if I didn't have that I would have gone nuts because I couldn't paint and that's what I did yeah. um so little by little I would draw whatever I could draw and, and actually I would draw the meds that I would that I was on or I would draw the drains that like were attached to me at the time that you know were just yucky and I would write about it and and I described my entire journey from the diagnosis um right through to victory and I also had the opportunity to do a ton of research and learn about what I was dealing with yeah um you know getting into food stuff like like pages and pages of written research which wow. isn't typical in my other books yeah but because of what this book was um I took that opportunity to learn as much as I could and I think it's really important to mention I label every one of my journals and this one I labeled surviving cancer because of, it was said in my head that I was not surrendering to this yeah it yep. was fight mode and that was it um so this was you know explaining the different kinds of breast cancer what i had being diagnosed over here and what it all meant wow. um That's and so all of my... the information that you've got in there as well yeah um so this is the part where i journaled about the medicine that they had me on like all the you know the meds the drains and then I would write about it and it allowed me, it allowed me to express myself and get the stuff out of my body because if we don't allow that to get out, it just manifests into other things. Yeah. Um, 
So even if I could only do it for five minutes, that was five minutes of opportunity to get something out of me. Yeah. And it made me feel better. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> these books really did, they offered me so much. I wrote about the implants and the surgery and what it all means and how they do this. Um, so going back to the timeline, you mentioned that this happened just a short while ago. So the mastectomy was November, 2018. And then I would have tons of follow-up appointments after that. Yeah. Um, always going back mainly to my reconstructive surgeon, the breast surgeon, I would see a little bit here and a little bit there, but he, I would see all the time because they had to fill those expanders, yeah. um, little by little. And it was painful. It, it, that kind of a surgery, it's like being trapped inside a metal corset, but you're trapped inside your own metal corset of your body. And I want it out. Things that, you know, as, as a lay person that, that hasn't experienced it, you don't know this. No. You know, when people talk about reconstructive surgery, you just think it's quite simple. And for some, it might be, but for others, it's a long mm. process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, my my uh, uh, permanent implant surgery happened at the end of April 2019. So I just came to my two year anniversary. And it's only been since February of this year, 2021, that I stopped experiencing a lot of numbness and pain. And I'm back to working out. But I tried all through last summer. I tried through last fall. Um, I went from being really strong to nothing yeah. and trying to, trying to get back what I lost. And my body wasn't ready. My mind was, yeah. my, my body just wasn't there. So learning patience and, and compassion for myself, patience yeah. and compassion were the biggest yeah. uh, things I had to learn. And I, I do believe, you know, our, our body, the way that I look at things is that, you know, our body's always trying to get back to balance. When it, you know, when it doesn't allow us to do, it's, it's protecting us. You know, so yeah. like you say, your mind was ready, but your body just wasn't. It was kind of like, yeah, Rin, come on, just give yourself a break. Give yourself a rest, take some time <laughs> out, do some self-care. And it's difficult when your mind is doing something other than what your body's trying to tell you you need. Yes, I will tell you, I will, and I've said this so many times, I will never say that it was a blessing. I will never say that. I don't wish this on anybody, but I will absolutely tell you that cancer was the biggest teacher I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And my entire life has changed, but it changed because I took that opportunity to decide that this is time to evolve. What was happening before is not serving me in this moment I need to change or I'm not going to make it yeah, yeah and you really just have to you just have to yeah. if you want to get to the other side there's a lot of things you need to do yeah and yeah. um yeah self-care was massive my entire mindset I had to learn uh I, I've been doing affirmations for over two years now completely rewired that inner dialogue which is huge yeah I'm a very big advocate on that yeah. Um, a lot of I work a lot with people that, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I, I try not to be critical, but when 
I work with a lot of people that suffer from anxiety, but they go in anxiety groups that talk an awful lot about anxiety. And it's not always helpful. Yes, we've all got a story and it's okay to share it. But when you're immersed on it a mm -hmm. lot, I came out feeling anxious and I don't suffer from anxiety. So yeah. it's about being around positive mindset. You know, yes. that's massive. It is. It is because it all really starts with that voice that we all have in our head. And if that voice isn't speaking kindly to you, yeah. it's just going to keep you in that whirlwind. You're not going to get out. Yeah. Um, and another thing with, with my journals and why I want to bring this to people too, especially I'm glad you mentioned anxiety. I take my book with me. I mean, pre COVID. <laughs> um, yeah. So if people going through, um, if, if they experience anxiety, they don't like being outside of their home. They don't like um, being in a place where maybe there's too many people and they start feeling those anxiety things, yeah. anxious feelings and all. Um, these books and drawing, it's such a meditative thing that I'm teaching people in my drawing class that if you just take that book with you, you now have an opportunity to open this page draw whatever's in front of you, doesn't matter what that is, it will allow you to completely zone everything out. Yeah. Nothing yeah. exists when you draw and you really kind of focus on what you're doing. It's an automatic meditative mode. Yeah. And I, that I will calm your entire system down. Yeah, 100%. I, I refer to that yeah. as being in the here and now. We're not worried yeah. about the future and what if, what if this happens? We're not right. in the past. And it's an anchor. Yeah, exactly. And for me as well there's something about I talk with my clients and sometimes they think I'm a bit off the wall well, you know what is she talking about but to give their anxiety a form and a shape and a color give it some structure so that you've got something to you know to pin the feelings on because we can't be anxiety free it's part of us as human beings you know the fight right. and flight we need it but befriend it because it's doing its best to keep you safe. It's not out to make your life a misery. Right. You know, but one one woman said it was it looked like a black cat with massive eyes. So you know, oh. for them to be able to draw that and to get used to it in a different way other than just fear, I think mm -hmm. would be massive for some people. I agree. I do agree, and that's very fascinating that she can actually give it a. A face because if yeah. you can give that a face then you can get that face out of your head and put it in your book and now now you own that yeah it doesn't own you yeah 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 it, 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 it's amazing how you know people think well what why drawing a picture what what's the point how is that going to work but the transformation that that can give you and help you like you said just focusing on the things around you grounds you yes it, it takes you out of all that oh my god I'm panicking I'm, I'm you know whatever it is even depression you know if somebody can draw what their depression looks like or feels like to them it's right. it's a way of moving forward with something instead of being stuck right and um, I mean you just hit it on the head with what I'm trying to do um, because I realized these are, I mean, I've been doing this for so long that to me, this is just automatic. I've drawn my whole life, Yeah. but it's not about the drawing. It's not about the quality. It's not about any of that. It's just about um, 
getting it into a habit. This becomes your outlet now. You have a real tangible thing. You can carry it. You can take it places. You can make it whatever you want. There is no rule, no judgment, no nothing. This is yeah. completely yours. It can be completely private or you can be very public. Yeah. I put mine out there publicly because I want to help people with it. So yeah, there's a lot of personal stuff in my books, but I know that if they can help somebody, then I'm okay with it being yeah. public. And you I know, think that's one of the things that, that really resonated with you know me when I was listening to you is it wasn't about being a brilliant artist because I think one of the first things I commented on the post was phew thank goodness you don't need to have to draw I'm rubbish my auntie in Australia is a really good artist she's had exhibitions out there I've got an uncle that was a fantastic artist and well-known where I live and the genes skipped me completely <laughs> I, am, I am rubbish <laughs> No, the fact that you're you're you I think last time I watched you were drawing a cupcake and cook I can't even say it cupcake and you were saying it was wonky and I just loved that it's like there's no there's no judgment there's no criticism I mean yeah so I've been doing that drawing class for a little while because people want to learn what I'm doing and it 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 starts with the drawing but it's not the drawing is not the thing it's just learning how to how to get stuff out of you. And I use that as the tool. That's, that's the tool. Yeah. Um, that's why I, I have one rule. Well, I have a few, but my main rule is that we don't, we don't touch pencils because when you commit to a pen, a marker, I don't care what you're using, as long as it's not a pencil, not only will you progress faster because you, you don't have the safety net of erasing and yeah. trying to go again and erasing and because it's not perfect, we don't play the perfect game because it doesn't exist. That will hold you back. So I throw that away. Um, and I want people to know the, the goal is actually to draw quirky, to draw wonky, to, to make your mistakes, because that's where you're going to learn. And that's so unique to you. You saw my cupcake yesterday. I've been drawing for as long as I've been living. I made a really wonky cupcake you like, can swear if wonky. you want to there's no you, there's no you know censorship on this but yeah I, I okay. love your cupcake <laughs> I was trying to explain like that I was excited it was wonky because it actually also makes the drawing much more interesting yeah right so there's a lot of reasons to my little bit of madness but the goal is to, a lot of people have this misunderstanding that drawing has to be perfect. And I looked at drawing books before I launched my drawing class for everybody. And I realized people get freaked out by drawing because of how it's presented. Yeah. It's very technical yeah. perspective. My thing is honestly, unless you're an architect and your drawings have to be perfect because people's lives are depending on them. Yep, yep. <laughs> and throw that shit out the window. We don't do it. Yeah. My way of um, teaching drawing, my number one goal is for it to be fun because it should be. I've never come across any kid who will say, oh, I can't draw. They just go for it yeah. and they have fun and they have no attachment. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to bring back because we all had that too. But then you, like you mentioned, you, you kind of go through the paces of life and at some point we abandon it yeah. 
because it's like that's what kids do it's not what grown-ups do or you know I'm too old for that now or whatever yeah but no that this is such a key to joy and to working through life and there's so much goodness in these books and knowing how to do this and I just teach people to use your eyes and trust what your eyes are showing you and allow your hand to follow and it's really that simple yeah we don't need to know about shading and where's the light source and the horizon lines and no like it does not have to be that complicated unless you're in an art class or whatever that it's like you have a specific end goal. The end goal for my class and what I'm trying to bring to people is for people to be able to express themselves. Yes. So if they're, if they're having a great time in life, that's awesome. Put it in your book. They become time capsules of your life. You, you're the only person that's you on the entire planet, your story matters, tell it. People wanna read it. Your kids would wanna read it, whatever, right? But if you're also going through a really rough time, put it in your book because it's part of your story, but you'll also, it, it's there's so many good things. It gets it out of you, number one, but also I've gone back to this book about my cancer battle, like now being two years that I just passed my two-year anniversary. And I look at it going, holy shit, look what I did. Yeah. It, it just helps you realize how far you've come, even when you feel like you're not sure you can take that one more step forward. You're so exhausted. Yeah. And because I think you know, a lot form. of clients use journaling, but again, you know, I, I've got nothing against journaling, but to be able to, to have a, you know, a, a pictorial representation of whatever it is you know and when you was you showed a, a, the people that are listening on the podcast won't know this but you showed a picture of your medicine bottles and when yes. you were talking about doing things in your everyday life you know if you were at the pub you could draw you know the glass of beer that you're drinking it's not like you need to find the perfect landscape and no, go out it, and walk it, for miles or it's literally any object anything that's the whole point it's to see i'm trying to bring magic into the ordinary and that's why in my drawing class we draw like really hilarious stuff i had people draw a toothbrush like who it. draws toothbrushes <laughs> because how many people in the world and i hope the answer is everybody brushes their teeth yeah what, do they know what that toothbrush looks like no yeah. because we're busy and we look we're not looking at stuff but when you actually stop and you look at something there's a certain magic in it yeah. you know what I mean and now everybody who's done that toothbrush exercise I'm sure they look at their toothbrush differently because they took the time yeah and, and it's we're, crazy we're rushing I've, I've got yeah. a three-year-old grandson and I'd look you can't rush him for anything do you know he does run around a lot but he stops and looks at the most tiny things on the floor that catch his eye. And it, it would be so curious about what it is and where it comes from and how did it get exactly. there? And, you know, we're usually rushing along and we just miss so much. Exactly. I, I'm a big believer that animals and children are our biggest teachers as grownups or adults because they see the world through such a different lens as we do as adults and we see it through a different lens because we kind of grow up through a society thing you know it's it's yeah. just the way it is yeah 
but they see the magic in the ordinary. They they have the curiosity and the fascination, and they're always in the now. And that's the key. And these books, by drawing your life, it doesn't matter what you're drawing. You're you're stopping everything to just be in that one moment. And there's so much power in that. That, you know, like some of these books, I'll show you this one here. When my son was two. Oh, wow. You know, he loved these toys. (laughs) Yeah. I've drawn tons of toys that my son played with. And I go back to this, this is years ago, and I go back to it, and I remember drawing them, I remember him playing with them, drawing will bring you back into that moment. I've drawn homes that I've lived in, um, all kinds of stuff, and literally, I don't think I would have gone through all the stuff I've been through so well, had I not known how to get it out of me, and how to express it, and, and you yeah. know, you saw, well, when I was watching the one about the cupcakes, you you were talking about not giving things labels that, yes. you know, and, and you, you touched on it earlier on saying, yeah, I see it and just let your hand follow the, the process that you teach is something I've never even heard before. Wow. Yeah. I just, like I said, I try to make it it's not complicated. People make it complicated and scary and stuff. And it goes back to when you watch a kid and you say, hey, let's draw the tree. They don't go, I, I don't know how to draw it. They go, okay. And they go nuts, right? And maybe they're not observing it the same way, but they're still, they, they don't have that attachment or that fear. And what I'm trying to show people is that we have two sides of our brain. The right side is really where the creativity stuff happens and where we want to go to. The left side is all the chit chat and chatter and analytical and stuff that we want to turn off. And a lot of people have trouble to turn it off. And it it can be a challenge. I have trouble to do it as well. But what what I'm trying to show people the trick and to really get into that meditative zone quickly is by learning how to turn off the noise and the way that I have found to do it time and time again in seconds is by looking at something in front of me and just looking at it with my eyes and allowing my hand to trust what my eyes are saying, not what my brain is. And when I stop labeling something, because we're human beings, it's just part of our nature yeah, to yeah, put labels yeah. on everything. Yeah. So if I'm drawing a dog, like I have two dogs, I draw them all the time. I don't go, okay, this is her snout. And this is her tongue. I start turning words into, okay, the line moves up a little bit like this, and then it curves to the right and then back down. So then that gets bored. That, that chit chat in my head starts to get bored because I'm not listening to it anymore. I'm overriding it with direction, not a label. Yeah. So it, it gets bored and goes off into something else and turns off. And that allows me to fully shift into that moment and that zone, if you want to call it, that yeah. creative zone that everything, literally I could be drawing something. I don't know how much time I've spent drawing it because I've, I've just turned time off. I don't know what's happening around me sometimes because it's all turned off. I'm just, it's just me and that thing. 
that's it. And it's an incredible feeling to go into that kind of a, a place. Yeah. You know, and like and, it's their healing as well. You know, very. if people have been through trauma in the past, it's a wonderful way of healing, whether you want to, you know, I see clients and some clients want to go from here forward. And I know my life isn't the best that it can be. So I want to go from here forward. And it's all about goal settings and solutions because they don't want to open that box. They don't want to go backwards. And that's absolutely fine. But other clients, you feel the need to go back and open that box and explore it and, you know, try and work it out the best that they can. And, you know, I would imagine this is fantastic for healing and working through things. Yes, I've been through all kinds of stuff. I went through a, a car accident. I don't know how I walked away from without a scratch on me because I probably shouldn't have. I had my journals. Um, I had to retire from a previous career because of the car accident. I had my journals to work through it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've lost two of my dogs, you know, old age. I've journaled through it. That's how I dealt with the grief. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff, but it's, it's, it's so much. It's like, it's helped me through so much dark stuff and trauma and, and things that were really bad. But it also, you know, now I have, we've rescued another dog and I just celebrated our one year with her. So it it's also to celebrate really good stuff. I don't want people yeah. to just get stuck in the negative. Yeah. But absolutely, if they're willing to open themselves up to it, whatever they're willing to kind of invest in invest into themselves is what they're going to get out of it yeah because I'm thinking you know some people don't want to talk and and this is a brilliant way of processing things personally and privately you know it's not going to therapy and seeing a therapist and not that that is a bad thing that's my day job but you know some things they don't want to share but it's it's locked inside somewhere and I would imagine you know journaling art journaling drawing is a way of just letting like you say get it out put it on paper yeah we're naturally I mean human beings are creative beings yeah I've never met a kid that that doesn't love to color that doesn't love to scribble that doesn't you know do something because it's such an amazing form of how we express and art goes back to as far as we do yeah so whatever comes out it just just it's really just allowing yourself to try this yeah and, and see what happens you know my, one of my big words I'm not sure if you can see or I'll, if I put my camera down a bit on my sign behind me it says be curious that's what I say to everybody you don't need the answers just be curious and I think that's yeah. what it is with children they, they're not judgmental they don't criticize themselves you know every picture is the best one they've ever done and put it exactly. on your fridge and it's it's wonderful exactly they don't have the have, ego yet yeah yeah 100 we all have that in ourselves we don't lose it we don't miraculously you know there isn't a time in our life where we lose that ability we think we do but yes. it's still in there somewhere we, we don't lose it yes yeah. I actually go into that that's a whole other area that I do go into in my program and it's uh inner child work and really a lot of a lot of what we lock up goes back to our inner children. Yeah. 
And this is an amazing way to pull that stuff out and heal the inner child in us. Because like you said, we all still have this little kid inside of us. Yeah. But a lot of us either don't know how to connect to them anymore. Don't want to, don't think it's okay to whatever the reason is, it's still inside of you. And I really truly believe that if you don't allow that part of you to heal, you, you can't be a full, healthy, happy person. You just can't. It's such an important piece. Yeah. And it has to be healed in order for you to make progress forward. Yeah. Um, Well, with my, so, you know, I'm trained in transactional analysis, which is the parent, adult and child ego state that we all have in us. But, you know, the theory that I work with is that our child ego state, it can be split into two and we've got the free child and the adaptive child. So sometimes even though we are in our child ego state, we're very adaptive. You know, we don't break the rules or push the boundaries. But when we connect to that free child, you know, the one that when it's autumn and they go running through the leaves, kicking them and splashing (laughs) in puddles, which we can all still do as adults, it's magical. The world seems such a better place when we're in our free child. (laughs) So yeah, to be able to connect with that is is wonderful i think you're doing some fantastic work i really do so tell us about your workshop that is launching next week what do we get uh so the workshop happens inside of my facebook group where i actually have the free drawing class every week as well um so that's monday june 7th through friday the 11th the whole week is free um there's a registration in there because i have put together a workbook So all people will need is the workbook and one pen and some crayons or pencil crayons, whatever, that's it. Um, And I am literally going to show people every day a part of my process, how I do this so that they can start doing it for themselves as well. And I break it down. Like I said, I try to keep my approach to be fun and very um, doable. It's not overwhelming. It's not technical. It's it's really just fun. And yeah. um, I've found such immense joy in my books and so much help that I just strongly want to be able to turn around and help other people now with this. Yeah. So that's the goal of my workshop yeah. is to to give to give this to people so and that it's, they it's a massive gift because I think once you thank you. Once you run with this, once you do this, the benefits, it's just layers upon layer of how you can use this in your life. And, you know, like you said, spread the word. I'm all for if you find something good that works for you, then tell everybody else about it. So all the information I'm going to put in the the show notes, I'll put your email address and I'll put the link to sign up and everything in that so that people can. That would be wonderful. Jump on board and it starts on june the 7th which is is that monday monday june the 7th monday yes friday the 11th um so it's going to be live at 12 o'clock eastern time but there will be replay video in there as well um i do provide a homework exercise that if people are willing to do it they'll get much more out of the workshop by doing the exercise and they'll be getting my feedback personally the entire week i'll be there um and uh they have to be inside my group for the workshop that's where i host it yeah yeah so if we could put the the facebook group and then i'll give you the registration as well yeah Yeah. 
I'm really excited. Fantastic. I, I can't wait. I'm going to be there. Like I said, I'm, I'm my, I shouldn't say Amazon, but I, my Amazon delivery has come. I've got my pens and I've got my note <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to be in there 100%. I, I, I just, yeah, like I said, it was just the way you were explaining how you were drawing and no labels and it's just shapes you know not even shapes that's another label it's it's like you say it goes up a little bit and then it's it comes direction down. yeah yeah because i say describing you know, the cupcake with the icing and the paper <laughs> cup and the sprinklies it's like it's automatic that's what it is yeah it takes practice to turn it off but yeah. um what was i gonna say to you um i forget Sorry, I busted in. It was just about watching you and how you were describing it. And, you know, the, the other, it's, it, this is for ladies only as well. I'm not sure whether I've, I've mentioned. Right now, yes. Yeah, it's women's yeah. only for now. Um, eventually, I may develop another program with the same thing. But because, because of what stories a lot of women have and what they've gone through, I wanted to provide them with a really safe place. Yeah. You know, so they don't have to worry about sometimes it can be uncomfortable for people. So I don't want them to have all these other worries. I just really want them to be able to try this without all that other stuff. So that's why for now I've created a, a woman only space. But even, you know, dipping in and out of the group like I have, you know, the, the ladies that are in there, they're really supportive of each other and they're yeah. sharing their drawings. It's not, yeah. you know, they're getting involved in it, which is, is lovely to see. Yes, because I really ask them not to judge themselves or to judge anything else. And I, I always stress to them, like I've been drawing my whole life. People look at my books and they're like, oh, you're drawing this and that. But it's not about that. And I mean, that drawing I did yesterday to me, I was laughing at it because I'm like, well, that's the wonkiest cupcake I've ever seen. Like I've never drawn one that wonky, but that was fun. Yeah. That's all I want. I want them just to just have fun in it. And if they're willing to share it, then I always invite them to do that because it also helps other people who maybe aren't ready to share their work, but are doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really important to me to have an environment there where everybody's just supporting each other. There's no judgment. You know, I want something really healthy and, and welcoming and nurturing. And that, you know, to be honest, that's what appealed to me. You, you, like you say, art has been part of your life for so long. And yet you weren't, I don't know, that be perfect label and that be perfect driver that a lot of us have. You just shared your wonky cupcake and you were embracing it. And I love that. It's not kind of like, well, you know, you had a, a, a one done previously that you showed and like, here's one I did earlier. It's like, no, we see it in real time. You've got oh, yeah. your, your phone angled down on your drawing yeah. and we see it in real time. I love it. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't talk when I draw because two sides of your brain kind of battle when you do that. Yeah. But because I'm trying to teach, I'm talking. So my drawings always come out really interesting, which I think I, I get a total kick out of it because. Wow. Is that the reason when you're trying to draw and talk that. Yeah. You know, our brain your speech is coming from yeah. here, but your drawing is coming from the right. So your brain hemispheres they're kind of fighting against each other and that's why when I'm in a lot of my demos I'll be talking and then I'll, I'll kind of be like okay hang on I'm having trouble here because like they're they're budding heads you know but it's funny I think it's great it did well it was funny yeah it was I, I loved your walkie cupcake but it, <laughs> again it just takes me back to our our bodies 
it's amazing being a human being if we embrace it if we just let it do its thing and stop yeah. interfering with the thoughts and you know be mindful of what we put in it and on it and in our environment it will serve us well it, you it know will. yes sometimes it throws us a curveball as it did with you and covid which <laughs> but we can live our best life while we're here doing the things that we enjoy doing yes a hundred percent and this whole perfectionism thing i mean i have a very special person in my world says fuck perfect and or tell perfect to fuck off that's our motto because uh, it's is, so limiting yeah. and it's so damaging to every part of your being yeah because it doesn't even exist it's a society pressure that i don't even know why we have it but there's no such thing so we're we're so hard on ourselves to try and achieve something that doesn't even exist that's why i throw that out the window as quickly as i can when i have people with me because it, it's so limiting and so damaging that i don't want any part of that for them you know i always I mean? say to them how will you know when you've got it what what you know perfect isn't something you can put in a wheelbarrow barrel and wheel off it's not a thing right. it's an idea so you tell me what it will be like if it's perfect for you and I don't know so I will you know when you get there yeah oh it's like so what if this is perfect what if this is it exactly oh. and it, it's just putting a different view on it it's kind of like we're always striving for it but we could already be there this could be my perfect I don't know I, I think as human beings we're so busy trying to trying for perfect and what other people's expectations are and all this stuff that I think really the human experience is to experience and you got to be in the right now like now nothing matters five minutes from now we, who knows what's going to happen what happened already doesn't matter what happens is right now and if you can learn to get yourself into that that's when you're really living your life. That's when you're really going to start experiencing all the good stuff because you're no longer holding on to stuff that you can't control. And that's that's the scary thing for a lot of people when, you know, I say to them that you can't control life. And the sooner we realize that all we have is this moment and in this moment I'm here I'm alive and I'm breathing and that that's as good as it needs to get sometimes you yeah. know but when we're trying to control that we can't we can't there's we just can't do it so you might as well give up trying and just enjoy the experience exactly I think that's a huge gift that we can give to ourselves is just just allow yourself to be in the moment right now what's it matter what's going to happen tomorrow whether you can't control it either way yeah so if you can learn to let go and you'll when it gets here then we'll see what we've got to work with and i think if you, know, you can again, kind of rewire your thinking that way you've now given yourself a huge gift yeah and it, it's quite a big thing for a lot of people to trust that they will cope you know we've got so many resources inside us that if life does throw us a curve look at your experience you know you've got to trust that you will be okay whatever happens and I think yeah. that's the fear that a lot of people have you know it, it's just that inner knowing that I will I will get through this you know the yeah. title on that book that you said it, it you know 
survive surviving cancer. Yeah. And it's just knowing that a hundred percent. But yeah, you know, I think like you said, we're, we're aiming for perfection. We want something that isn't achievable a lot of the time. My right. daughter has a wonderful saying. She always says things like, that's for future Michelle to worry about. And she just kind of stores it. It's like, yeah, when I need to worry, I'll worry, but I don't right now. So that's the key. Honestly, yeah. that's the key. And there's, when you're able to do that, also the stress just kind of like just falls off you. You feel so much lighter because now you've given yourself permission not to worry about something that's not even existing yet. You're making it something that's that is that's not there. Yeah, 100%. That's the key. It's not even real. It's my thoughts. Right. My thoughts create my reality. So if I'm having shitty thoughts, I'm going to have a shitty reality. That's exactly. how it works. Yeah. It is. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Lisa, I, I want to say thank you so much for, for being on this podcast. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I, I love talking with you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. Exactly. Glad you stumbled upon me. <laughs> I, I tripped over you on Facebook. That's what happened. So I'm going to put all the show notes and everything. And I can't wait for the 7th of June. I'll be knocking on the door saying, let me in when you, you open it up. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're already in the group. So that's, I am. You're, you're already ready to go. And now I've got my pens and my book. I can actually start practicing. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Okie doke. Take care and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank okay. you. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Living Life Being Human podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And if you got value from this episode, please share it so that others can get value from it. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Jackie Jones Coaching or you can visit my website jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support. Thanks for listening.